Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with psychedelic jazz guitarist and composer Ari Joshua. He talked about his new 2023 release of 10 songs from his vault. For years, he has been one of those musicians' musicians who those in the know rave about but remains under the radar to the public. His music is compelling, and he counts some of the biggest names in contemporary jam, rock, and jazz amongst his many fans. In recent months, he became the founder of Seattle's renowned music school, The Music Factory. He's got a great story. Enjoy this interview. Excellent. Hey, thanks for taking a minute. Thanks for reaching out to the show. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I love the name. So, hey, man, it's great to meet you. Thank you for, again, reaching out, taking a minute out. Before we get in to the to the music, I want to, you know, especially now with it being March, you know, all the memories of 2020 come back, and I'm curious, how did you survive COVID, and how does it change the way that you approach things now? I teach, and I, I run a music school called the Music Factory, um, which, uh, which does music lessons, and we've got about 15 teachers, and, you know, 150 or so students a week here and um, I thought that we were going to have to close the business um, you know there was nowhere to play um, there wasn't really um, a lot of opportunities for artists and I think a lot of artists were really um, well like they normally do got the short end of the stick a lot of, a lot of um, companies got bailouts and uh, didn't have that you know that help and so, um, but what, it, what happened was we, sh- we ended up shifting our, you know, um, our, our music on, on and um, about 90% of our students stayed with us, you know, all the way through. And um, it showed me, you know, how important music is, um, both in times of crisis and um, also when, when things are going well. Um, but, you know, when people had to... Uh, you know, pare down and, and, and figure out what they're going to do with their time. Um, you know, actually that's sort of like the perfect time to be focusing on learning music and, and playing music. So, um, you know, we ended up making it through without needing, uh, ourselves to get, you know, bailed out or anything. And, um, now, um, I've kind of learned that there's a lot of opportunities out there. Musicians were, were home, home alone and I, and I, and I got to meet a lot of people and, and talk to a lot of people and make some new connections with the, the session that happened in Burlington, Vermont out there with uh, Ray and Russ, uh, the or Trey Anastasio had set up this thing called the beacon jams, which they did uh, once a week for gosh, I think the beacon theater. And the way he did it was he started as a trio or whatever, you know, small group. And he brought in his bandmates and musicians he wanted to collaborate with. One of the isolate for two weeks in a hotel and and take a test. And um, you know, um, it kind of set up a, a precedence for me to go out to Vermont and and quarantine and make make a record with with these guys, which I normally wouldn't have, wouldn't have, might have not have been able to do. So that was really special. So talk to me about the the this release with the vault and the new material kind of explain to me how it feels for it to come out now and just in general. Well, in general, um, you know, I, uh, I really, the, the music industry is a really tough industry and, um, I love to write music. I love to practice. I love to play music with people. 
love to play shows, pencil out. And um, I think um, a lot of times I would make a recording and, you know, be afraid that I couldn't get to mix it or master it or make the artwork um, within a budget that would, you know, break even. Um, but, um, you know, during the pandemic, I was able to, uh, really focus my thoughts and, and, and think about like, you know, what I'm doing here and what, what my priorities are and what's important. And I was able to start kind of working with people, you know, a song by song, um, to make stuff and, and get it out and find artwork. And, uh, I realized I just have so much music that, you know, um, I guess, um, you know, the obstacles got in the way, the, the obstacles of, you know, just the finances of it and, and the realities of, of, you know, releasing music got in the way of me sharing a lot of music and, you know, it's kind of coming through my hard drive and I've got like at least 300 songs I've written, um, you know, original songs, um, and gone into studios and recorded with people and a lot of times with really great, fantastic, amazing players. And for the most part, the music was just sitting on my hard drive. Um, so it means a lot to, to be able to, to get it out and share it. And, um, and it's really like a, its own muscle, you know, like it's like when you're out of shape, you can't just go run a marathon. So, um, just going through the process of getting stuff out, um, starting a couple, just a couple of years ago, um, it's like uh, a muscle that's getting stronger and I'm getting more comfortable with. And um, I've just, just got a lot of music still to to make and, and a lot of music to share that's you know, sitting on the hard drive. So it's, uh, it's great right now. So how did this music journey begin for you? Talk to me a little bit about where you were born and raised and kind of how all this became who you are now. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, uh, my family, um, by various, um, um, I don't know, uh, result of fate and, and just, uh, various circumstances ended up, uh, in Cape Town, South Africa. Um, both my, both my grandparents, um, were there, uh, my parents were both born there. And, um, so yeah, I was born in, in, in South Africa and, uh, you know, um, my, my grandfather, uh, played a little bit, of, but he was a, um, and my, it's on my mom's side, my, my grandfather, my dad's side, who actually didn't meet, um, studied music in Germany, um, and, uh, was like a, a singer, um, like, a um, actually like a cantorial singer. So he sort of like, uh, sort of on the spiritual side and um, um, my folks didn't want me and my sister to, to be raised in apartheid um, and um, they, they moved us to the States and um, we moved around the East Coast for a couple of years and we ended up in Seattle and um, Seattle just happens to be like a wonderful place for kids, uh, for young people to get into music. Um, the, I ended up in the jazz band and uh, growing up at a time when all, a lot of the jazz legends were still, you know, walking the earth. And, um, you know, we would always go down to Jazz Alley and 
and check out whoever's in town. And, you know, we spend about an hour a day basically playing Ellington and, and Count Basie. And uh, every summer we would go somewhere. We would either like go for a tour of Mexico or Europe and play festivals. And got to see all the, you know, just legendary jazz musicians. And at the same time, you know, that was also during the 90s when, you know, Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden were um, making huge waves out of the city that I was in. And I was exposed to a lot of that. And uh, the music industry just looked really promising uh, at that time. And, and it just looked like a wonderful um, direction to go in with life. So in this journey as a musician, what's the best part of it? What do you like the best about it? Oh, um, you know, I think the best part about being a musician is the purpose. Um, you're, you know, aligning your life with something that you're, you're passionate about, um, that gives you a sense of purpose. And, um, there's a certain kind of, um, um, gratification, I think, in, in knowing that you've, you've chosen to use your time, um, and, and not just your free time, not just your, your, your extra time, but to really focus your, you know, your daily grind on something that you believe in. And, um, you know, um, I think, you know, everyone's different, but for me, um, the biggest joys come in, in knowing that, you know, I'm making something that could potentially resonate with other people or I'm, you know, sharing, um, you know, sharing knowledge about or, or, you know, growing something that I'm, that I really believe in, like with my heart. So if you could go back in time, get into a jazz DeLorean and see any show anywhere, who are you going to go see? Where are you going? Uh, if I could go into DeLorean. Um, I mean, like, you know, um, first thing that comes to mind would be like the village Vanguard watching Coltrane with his, uh, you know, quartet, um, with Alvin Jones and McCoy Tyner and maybe Reggie worked on bass. Reggie was one of my teachers at new school. Um, you know, just to be in that room. Um, I think Coltrane was, you know, um, he's on the highest order of, um, you know, what, what could be possible for human uh, alive on this planet. Um, but, um, you know, Honestly, like all the the music I saw growing up, like the, you know, between the ages of like you know twelve and and eighteen, was I can't imagine any better. I, I saw so much great music uh, in person. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I'd say you know Coltrane, um, uh, maybe maybe being able to see Jimi Hendrix, uh, just to kind of you know just kind of see that he's really just a human. So everyone out there has a perception of you, an idea of who they think you are, your family, your friends, your fans, but ultimately you live your life. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Wow. Incredibly passionate about what they, what they're doing and, and that cares so deeply about uh, this art form and about, and, and being connected with people and, um, I think uh I think a lot of times my passion and 
my perspective on on how things how things work um just get to get misinterpreted by people um and uh um ultimately i just really am someone who just loves the music and 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 loves playing with great players and um and loves to find ways to resonate with people so Ari, if anyone out there wants to pick up the new material from the vault, anything else that you've put out, learn about live shows, anything revolving around your world, where do they go? Um, you know, you can go to AriJoshua.com, um, which is kind of always a work in progress. Um, you know, also you can go to any of the streaming services. Um, you know, we've got, um, as far as things to keep your eyeballs on that I'm excited about, um, I just released uh, Meeting of the Minds, which is uh, featuring John Modeski and Billy Martin and uh, my buddy Jason Fraticelli from school. And um, that's like kind of an experimental um, quartet uh, recording. Um, and, and again, more music from that coming from the vault as well. But um, I also have three releases coming on Color Red with uh, Skerrick and Delvon Lamar on organ and Grant Shroff on drums. It's like some super funky, um, you know, groovy stuff. And uh, I got a, another um, collaboration that has uh, drummer John Kim and, um, you know, finding a stride. So it's kind of looking like one to two releases a month right now. And, uh, you know, going into streaming service is great, but, you know, I think if you can go to Bandcamp and actually buy the stuff, that's the best. Uh, place to support artists right now. Cool. Ari, man, it's been great to get to know you. Thank you for opening up. I really appreciate it. Good luck with everything. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. I, I'm super appreciative. Thanks for what you do. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in South Africa, Seattle, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Ari for his time, music, and story. If you want to hear more interviews, Neon Jazz Archives can be found at YouTube. Subscribe to us there and at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.